welcome to the J.D. Power Travel and Hospitality Podcast. I'm Mike Taylor. I'm the Managing Director of Travel, Hospitality, and Retail at J.D. Power, and I'm joined, as always, by Andrea Stokes. Hello, Andrea. Hello. <laughs> okay. Well, we thought we'd start off, of course, with our latest release, our latest study release, which is the airline study. Uh, and I think if uh, probably more than half the people that listen to our podcast have already looked at the press release. And we have three categories that we travel, that we um, evaluate in the airline study uh, by basically by cabin class. So we have first in business class, and the winner there was JetBlue. And in the premium economy class, it was Delta Airlines as the winner. And then in the economy class, it was Southwest Airlines winning again, uh, kind of a perennial winner in the economy, basic economy. They did drop a few points from the previous year because they did have some difficult days in the past 365 days and that got reflected in their overall score but they had such a lead on everybody else that they still managed to win it so anyway uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, talking to the press about this particular release this year so there are several topics that come up most of which is well what's the summer travel season going to look like with airlines and the key things to remember here are that we're still in this pilot shortage and uh, that is really a constraining factor on the airline uh, schedules and the satisfaction and the ability for you to, for, to get to where you want to go in a reasonable amount of time. And also the price of a ticket is quite inflated where, from where it was three or four years ago. And that's all due to the fact that they can't fly as many airplanes as they'd like to. And um, the, really the outlook here is a little bit better than it was last year. Uh, a lot of the people in the media, you know, kind of lead me into, well, isn't it going to be horrible? Isn't it going to be terrible? Well, it might be. Um, but the swing factor there is going to be what kind of severe weather are we going to have and where will that severe weather happen? Because that is what really affects whether or not you can get to where you want to go in a reasonable amount of time across the United States and Canada. I always say that, you know, it's uh, severe thunderstorms over Atlanta and Chicago have the greatest impact on airline schedules in the summertime. And that will be especially true. But what the steps, there are several steps that the airlines are taking to kind of guard against that. Two years ago, they were really in a desperate straits. They were trying to fly as many aircraft as they possibly can and really utilizing their aircraft uh, crews, pilots and crews, as much as they possibly could, and they kept very little of them in reserve, simply because they needed to make money, they needed to pay back debts, they needed to buy new aircraft, they needed to pay higher salaries, et cetera, et cetera. And so they were really operating really on a knife's edge, and we had some bad weather, uh, as we would expect, throughout the middle part of the country. And that really disrupted things for several days. Now, this is not the Southwest Airline uh, uh, meltdown with, uh, with their software issues. This is strictly scheduling and crews timing out because they can't take off because of uh, inclement weather or unsafe weather. And that has a rolling effect, as I think anybody who listens to this podcast would understand that, you know, that aircraft that you're taking from O'Hare to San Antonio is going to go from San Antonio to uh, Hialeah, Florida. And if it doesn't make it to San Antonio, it's not making it to Hialeah. So you have these rolling effects. But what the airlines are doing, instead of basically trying to beef up as crews and hold people in reserve, they're you know, not scheduled to fly an aircraft that day, they're just there in case something happens. What they've been doing is taking flights out of the schedule. 
Uh, in specific, very, very large markets like New York especially got hit quite a bit with uh, some schedule reductions, which has basically the same effect as putting uh, aircraft crews in reserve. So you'll find that there's fewer, there are fewer flights to where you might want to go in the summertime. So again, same admonition as we've had over the last several years, which is plan early. (laughs) And I still would plan that rental car first. There's still problems with rental car availability in certain markets, especially Orlando over the summer. And Andrea can attest to that, I believe. I'll give Andrea a chance to chime in here as well, um, because I believe Andrea went to Orlando uh, with her family. Uh, But I would plan the rental car first, then plan the airline and then uh, no offense to the hospitality industry but that's what I would that's what I would uh, reserve last so um, the outlook for the summer travel season is going to be very busy it's going to be very expensive and it's going to be a little bit more difficult to get to where you want to go uh, in the time in which you normally would expect to get there and uh, so that is basically the overview of it um, Andrea you you kind of experienced spring break and tell us about that experience Yes, uh, it was uh, extremely busy. We took a cruise and the cruise ship was full and you could definitely feel it in terms of standing in line and, um, you know, just all the other activities and the sort of the time that it, it took you to get from point A to point B on the cruise ship. Um, but the airfares were extremely expensive and I'm on the East coast and normally to fly to Orlando, you have many, many flights to choose from even during spring break. And, uh, the, the prices were just, you know, shocking (laughs) to, to me having flown to Orlando from, uh, the Washington DC area many, many, many times. Uh, so that was a little bit of sticker shock. Um, we managed to find a flight, but we were, you know, definitely considering just getting in the car and driving there, um, which I'm sure a lot of, uh, other people did do. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun trip, but definitely you could sort of feel the crowds. And as Mike said, I have been hearing, uh, the same for summer travel that, you know, the hotel companies anyway are really planning on full hotels, especially in resort areas um, and beach uh, beach resorts, um, those types of hotels. But even in the major cities, uh, you know, for Chicago and, and places like Chicago and New York City, summer is a really big season. Uh, and they're expecting, you know, pretty full hotels. And I think the room rates are reflecting that right now. Uh, maybe not as high as last year, uh, but, you know, room rates haven't really come down uh, too much. Uh, so I get the sense that they're following sort of the inflation where there's still inflation, but it's slowing down. <laughs> it's not increasing as fast. Uh, but it's it's going to be a, a really, really busy travel season. I, I read an article where it, it said that, you know, Americans as a whole are still sitting on a lot of uh, savings. 
And of course, they're using that for discretionary spending like travel. So it's it's great for the industry, but definitely I think people should plan on, um, you know, plan on it taking more time to get there, um, you know, plan on busy locations, especially, as I said, in the tourist areas. All right. Thanks, Andrea. So, Andrea. Hey, Mike and Andrea, can I, can I oh, chime yes. in here for a second? Sarah, <laughs> well, for those of you who don't recognize the voice, this is Sarah Baggett, who basically produces this uh, segment for us. Well, hey, guys, um, I have a quick question for you. So it sounds like planes are full, hotels are full, demand is not really showing a lot of signs of slowing down, um, but we're seeing those reduced flight schedules and trouble booking. So what are going to be the long-term effects on customer satisfaction with this? You know, are these brands going to see um, see some serious dips in that? How worried should they be? Or is this just a, a boom time for travel and hospitality? Well, I'll start off with just the airline side of it, Sarah. Um, really, we're looking at, in the latest couple of quarters, the largest revenues, and that's the top-line revenue for airlines in the history of the aviation industry. Now, that's not showing up as profitability because that constraining factor I was talking about, which was, can I put another pilot crew in the air and fly people um, to, a, to a location I know has demand, uh, that's what's kind of restraining the bottom line profitability of the airlines themselves. But, you know, the, the, the issue here will be is how long can higher prices last? Because higher prices are only the result of demand. You have to have demand in order to have high prices, basically. And uh, demand really hasn't slacked that much, but eventually it will run out. And I think that's probably the risk that airline brands run is if they continue to say, oh, well, we got $750 for that uh, ticket to go from, uh, you know, DCA, Washington, uh, down to Orlando, well, let's just keep that going. And eventually, I think people say, okay, you know, I, I've traveled enough, and this is just too expensive. I think that we might reach that point. And the airlines are, of course, very good about adjusting prices, but you don't want to leave, you know, a bad taste in your in your customer's mouth long-term. So, Andrea, what about the hospitality side? It's somewhat the same, um, but, you know, there are so many options, right? You, you could stay in a luxury hotel or a budget hotel. Uh, so I think consumers, they, they do know this um, for, for hotels and, there are, again, many options in the destination you're traveling to. Um, you know, we, we did see some trading down last year because uh, hotel room rates, especially in, tour, you know, tourist-heavy areas, um, people may, who normally might stay in a resort, might have to trade down to um, a more limited service hotel property or even a budget, a budget, budget property. And I do see that continuing this summer, um, because again, we, we don't see room rates. Um, certainly they're not dropping to levels where they were before the pandemic, you know, room rates are still running a lot higher than pre pre pandemic levels. So book early is what I'm hearing. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, I'm not too sure that it'll actually get you a bargain, but at least you'll get to see it on a plane. So, Andrea, what's the outlook for uh, business travel in the coming quarter? Yes, well, um, we are seeing uh, some interesting um, movement in our business travel index, which we produce in partnership with the U.S. Travel Association and Oxford Economics. Uh while we're still seeing some uncertainty uh, about the next few months in terms of transient business travel and sort of that um, anticipation among business travelers that they will travel in the next six months, uh, there's, you know, that, that uncertainty is still there. Um, we do see concerns about costs. So, we were just talking about the impact on cost on the consumer. It's also impacting businesses, of course, who who do you know spend uh, funds to send their their employees out on business travel. So it's um it's being felt by both large companies, and we also uh, do our measurement and our index among medium and small businesses. And uh, I think that that, you know, their impact uh, is especially felt, although it's interesting that we do see smaller companies uh, be more uh, willing to send their employees out on business travel. I think uh, they, um, you know, are concerned about competition and they, they're a small business or a medium-sized business. They want to compete with the large companies. So they definitely are more um, concerned when uh, they cannot send their employees out on business travel because of um, costs or because perhaps um, of flight availability or they can't get a seat on uh, a flight in order to get to where their, where their customer is located, for example. In terms of conferences and conventions, you know, we, we kind of are approaching summer and fall and, you know, of course, very busy seasons for meetings, conferences, conventions. Those are definitely happening. Um, we saw a lot of recovery last year in 2022. It's, ex you know, definitely accelerated this, um, this year in 2023. Uh, conferences and conventions are definitely back. Uh, attendance, I believe, is fairly healthy. Not quite sure if it's up to pre-pandemic levels, but certainly uh, the conferences that I've I was you know I attended last year and some of the conferences that attending this year um, really do seem like um, they they're having really healthy attendance there. I don't know, Mike, maybe what you're saying uh, on your side. Um, they're still seeing some softness in the business travel bookings for the airlines. I think they're right along, right in line with what we see in our survey with USDA and Oxford Economics. I don't see there's any diversion from there. They're not seeing any better results or worse results than we are. Um, they do, of course, keep very much a track on what contracts they have with corporations and how well they're booking. So I think they see some softness coming in the last half of this year uh, versus what they've experienced in the first half of the year. That's so from the airline side of things, that's, that's basically what we're saying. 
Well, thank you very much for listening to us. And this is the J.D. Power Travel Podcast. It comes to you every month. I want to thank uh, Dan Sharp and Sarah Baggett for producing these segments. And, uh, of course, Andrea Stokes for her perspicacity. So thank you, Andrea. Thank you. Okay, we'll see you next time. Thank you.